Hello, beautiful. Welcome to Magical Realness, a Blythe Mitrals podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Marie, a life coach, podcaster, designer, and the founder of Blythe Mitrals. <laughs> what you need to know about me is that I'm a little quirky, the spiritual, crazy chatty, and uber passionate about living in true alignment and the art of simpatico. I believe deeply that magic is real, potent, and rooted in choice. Magic is all around us. All you have to do is choose to see it. Dive in with me as we look at actionable steps, books, and conversations that help you live a magical lifestyle in which serves you. We're currently in the season Spirituality 101, where I give you the introductions needed to help you dive into the spiritual world and become aligned with who you truly are. If you'd like to dive in deeper with a budding community, we now have the Blythe Mitrals Patreon, focused on bringing you monthly support and tapping into your alignment. Whether that's through leveling up that wardrobe, fine-tuning your soulpreneurship, or getting crystal clear on what makes you your magical self. Once we get our first 15 Patreons, we'll start to release bonus episodes, gab sessions, and whatever else delights the Founding 15. If you want to be a part of the Founding 15, head on over to the Patreon and subscribe today. You know it's going to be epic. And with that, I say, let's get started with today's episode. Woo, thank goodness, that took forever. (laughs) Okay, for starters, if you haven't listened to the episodes on mindfulness, the trifecta, and our intuition, as well as tapping into your psychic abilities, you might want to go back and give them some attention, okay? They're going to really help you back you up into what is going to be a super cool and super woo (laughs) conversation. Uh, Today, we are meeting with a very special guest, um, someone I am completely honored to be on my podcast. It is Michelle Pelazon, who is the head witch in charge at Holisticism. And from my eyes, from my perspective, Holisticism is a wonderful space uh, on, as she likes to say, on the internet, <laughs> uh, her little corner of the internet on where you can really bring grounding to your spirituality and look at business in a whole new way, flow through intuitive business and become supported in all areas of your spiritual practice. It is super cool. (laughs) Holisticism is something that I came across earlier uh, in 2020, and it really has been kind of a sanctuary for me and for the way that I've wanted to flow through my own business and just, again, ground myself. So I highly, highly recommend it at the time that um, we have recorded this and released this. If you're listening to this live, look at you, what a champ you are. Um, The doors are opening to her Holisticism's uh, community. And it's called the North Node. I am a member of the North Node, and I could not recommend being a part of this community more. I think it's a beautiful space for solopreneurs, for anyone who's wanting to tap into their alignment and really, you know, blend their worlds in a grounding way. I keep saying grounding, but that's what it does in a grounding way 
for, you know, between that woo of who you are and the aspirations that you have for your life and for your business if you have one. So Michelle is just such a dream to come on here and to talk to us about the Akashic Records. We really get into the tea today, so I'm going to let her dive into that herself. But, you know, just so you know, um, I really recommend not just the North Node, but I recommend joining the newsletter. I love getting those weekly newsletters from Michelle. There are loads of links, loads of resources, and just really great insight that you can drop into your mailbox every week um, from Michelle. And I'm just saying the same thing over, but it's because I just, I love it. (laughs) I love it. It is just so fabulous and one of my favorite things to get in my inbox. So a great way to be connected that way is to sign up for the newsletter, Michelle Pell, or the Holisticism team, they now have a wonderful new podcast called The Twelve House. I am obsessed. It's wonderful. It's fabulous. And it incorporates the entire team, which is really cool. So you're not just hearing from Michelle. You hear from everyone and some really special guests that she brings forward to help you again step into your alignment, step into your magic. So I recommend all those things. They will, of course, be in the show notes. And without further ado, let me bring on Michelle Pelazon. Let's talk about those Akashic Records, honey. Okay, guys, officially I'm with Michelle. I teased you. We're here. Oh my gosh, what magic. Let's do this. Hi, (laughs) Michelle. Thank you for joining. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Oh my gosh. To talk with you about the Akashic Records, I definitely want to share at some point the way I was introduced to the Akashic Records, because I think you'll find it interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) But, you know, when I think of the Akashic Records, the thing that I think about, which I want to get your opinions on this from the bat, because it's just weird, but um, you've seen Interstellar, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the scene where he's like traveling through time in like mm-hmm. this multi-dimensional box. Mm-hmm. When I think of the Akashic Records, it's kind of what I think about. Is that cool. on the nose, or what do you no, think about that? That sounds. I think that that's great. I also have um, had people tell me that the show The OA. Have you seen that show? Oh, I haven't Netflix? even heard of it. Oh, it's amazing. There's this like there's this part in it where they enter like the box of the universe and where all the information is stored and people also are like oh that's what the Akashic Records feels like so I think that that's great whatever image works for you like that you resonate with you should go with some people also say a lot of people actually the library um, at Hogwarts in Harry Potter that's like their version of uh, the Akashic Records so I say go with it that's great yeah, that it, Harry Potter would be a really joyful way to anchor that. And that might be more joyful for me because I have a lot of opinions on Matthew McConaughey. And <laughs> um, Don't I hold love- back. Like, let's, let's make this into Matthew McConaughey roast. Like, why not? Oh, my gosh. It's, I think, I mean, to, like, judge an actor on his choices, I think, can be a little harsh because you don't know why they're coming their way or, like, yeah. what's going on. But... Like, what is it, that that breakup in 10 days, 10 days to lose a guy and just uh-huh. like all of those like rom-com 
there's just a way that he goes about it in that space and it just makes me cringe and it's like this is the last man he just feels like manipulative and masculine and he's from (laughs) texas not that there's anything wrong with texas but it's like that texas thing you know it's like this yeah i totally get what you're saying because i there's what is the movie called there's a, a matthew mcconaughey movie like before our time where that Ashley Judd is also in where he is a civil rights attorney. He's like an attorney in a small town for like a a black man who in like Mississippi who the KKK is like after. And he's amazing in that movie. But it was like pre-Matthew McConaughey as like, you know, the leading man against J-Lo and Kate Hudson and like all, you know, like all those movies that came out in the early aughts. Mm-hmm. And he is a bit cringy in, in like The Wedding Planner and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. He's just mm-hmm. like, I don't know. He seems like someone who waxes his chest, you know, <laughs> like it's just not, I don't know. I'm not my, not my thing, but I feel like as he's aged, I mean, he mm-hmm. started like this weird foundation just keep living, which with no G just living like with an apostrophe at the end. And I don't know. I just think he's like, he's just like, he smokes a lot of weed and he's a generally nice person, but like, I think he's simmered down. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's probably, it's probably true. And I think I have noticed that, um, there, I just, I'm just kind of waiting maybe for the full, the full Mm -hmm. simmer down before I can really take it in. (laughs) Also, it's really disappointing that interstellar Matt Damon is in that movie as well, because I also don't like Matt Damon. I have a lot of opinions about 90s actors. Like, (laughs) (laughs) honestly, they haven't, they haven't like, um, shaken out to be that great of individuals, you know, like him and Ben Affleck, like, I don't know. Oh my God. Why has Ben Affleck Batman? I just, I can't even fathom that decision. Yeah. Ben Affleck, like a lot of Ben Affleck's decisions probably in the last decade are very questionable. Like who divorces Jennifer Garner? Oh my gosh. She's amazing. She's adorable. (laughs) And she talks about having, I remember her on the Ellen show. Oh my God. We're not even on the Akashic Records, but I I remember her talking to Ellen, which Ellen, but she was on the Ellen show and she was talking about how much she loves that you can see that she's had children, like her stomach has a slight Mm -hmm. like curve and that it's Mm -hmm. like probably never going to go away. And it's a sign of her children and that she's super Mm -hmm. in love with it. And I'm like, Mm Who is this woman normalizing this thing that we shame ourselves on? And I was just, I just think she's incredible. She's just she so is. open. She's great. She made me want to be a spy when she was an alias. I was like, well, I'm a, I want to be a spy now. And now <laughs> she's just like, she also seems like a very like Virgo Capricorn mom to me. Like okay. she seems like the type of mom who like takes her kids to the library, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well-rounded. Well-rounded. Um, well, speaking of well-rounded, which I don't really know if the Akashic Records is well-rounded, but I'm going to use that as a segue. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Akashic Records. So I do want to share with you, because I think you'll find it interesting the way that I was introduced to the Akashic yeah. Records. So my Dark Night of the Soul, um, it was very casual, and I was in a production. <laughs> I was acting at the time. And these three people that I knew, but I didn't know very well, were like, hey, come on over to our house and we're just going to hang out. And I was like, you know, cool, whatever. I'll go hang Mm -hmm. out. And next thing I know, they like uh, the girl, she said, indigo. And that was like the opening. She saw me and she goes, indigo. I see so much indigo in you. And I was like, well, 
What is like, like, what does that mean? And then it was hours upon hours and upon hours of them just like diving all the spiritual information on me. Part of me was like, I can take it. I can take it. And it was more so me like being like, yeah, give me the next thing. There's mermaids. Like, you know, they have like a (laughs) lot, (laughs) you know, tell tell me what's next. Um, But the way that they had described the Akashic Records was like, yeah, there's this dude who has this book. And if you just like tap into your intuition, you can read it and it's in the cosmos. And I was like, (laughs) okay. I mean, I guess that's like a super, that feels like the Cheeto version of what the Akashic Records are, you know, like, yeah, when you're super stoned and you're like, yeah, this is exactly what we're tapping into. Like that, that seems like, I mean, it's not that wrong. Who knows? Maybe that is the, that maybe that is right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So did that turn you on to them or did that make you afraid of them? Or were you like, this is nonsense? No, I mean, I, I think at that point, point because I was receiving so much information I believed everything with a grain of salt I was like Mm -hmm. this is all information that is new to me and Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that a lot of this is true and a lot of this is aligned for me and it makes sense but it's not enough for me to have this told to me I need Mm -hmm. to experience it and that's like that's the big thing a part of the season two is sharing that spirituality it's an experience it's Mm -hmm. yes a lifestyle and there are ways you can go about it but more so than anything else you have to experience it to believe it Mm -hmm. yeah totally yeah the Akashic records are you should I mean I think with all all spirituality you should be skeptical Like you should be like, I'm not sure how I feel about this. And you should allow yourself time to sort of warm up and roll around ideas and in your brain before you embrace them wholeheartedly. And I don't think that means being pessimistic. I think it just means being skeptical and you can be, I like to call myself an optimistic skeptic. Like I will Mm -hmm. absolutely try anything three times, five times, but like, I don't believe that anything works until I see it work. And or I feel like it was working for me or I feel like it's doing something good for me. So I don't know. I think that spirituality so often we like everything in the world. We want to see things in black or white terms. We want to either know something works completely and totally or that it absolutely doesn't work at all. And in reality, more things exist in the gray than um, on the black or the white side. I could not agree more. And through all of the experiences that I've had thus so far, that's the thing that keeps coming through. There's, it's, it's not black and white. I think that it's important for us to have it explained as something black and white because then it's tangible, then it's accessible and we can like put our hands out. But then Mm -hmm. once we again take that on, it is not a black and white experience and everyone is different. And we all have a different form of language. We all have a different form of thinking. We all have a different human design type and astrology Mm -hmm. and archetypes Mm -hmm. in general. So it all comes into play. And again, you know, takes you got to know it and you'll see the gray and it's a magical gray. It's like the storm, like a stormy, rainy day gray, that kind of beautiful gray. You <laughs> yeah. Know? It's, like, it's like a mist where there's just like all the possibility of what could be underneath it. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> such poetry. Um, I, what was your experience in learning the Akashic Records? How did this even come across to you? Yeah. Um, I was 
probably much like you or anyone who's listening to this. I was like, what are these things? I was, I just moved from New York to LA. Yeah. I moved from New York to LA. I lived in L- in New York for a really long time. I was a professional modern dancer there. And then I opened a fitness, helped open a fitness studio. And then I moved back to LA to open another fitness studio. Ended up falling into the world of tech, but had always been uh, sort of like in the spiritual, mystical, adjacent world. Um, I think probably due to my Piscean nature. And I was going to like all of these events and just trying to make friends in LA and just, you know, kind of getting my bearings in, in this new city that I was really unfamiliar with. And so I was hopping around on the internet to like all of these locations because five or six probably at this time, it was six or seven years ago in LA, there were a bunch of like magical little spots that were hosting regular events and workshops that like, you know, they had a janky WordPress website, but that was pretty <laughs> much it. They didn't have like an Instagram. And I kept seeing things pop up for the Akashic Records and I was really confused as to what they were. And as I started to make friends in this space, I would ask them if they knew what they were and they had no idea. And when I Google the Akashic Records, I couldn't get anything that felt real, like that felt like an actual website, right? It was stuff that was also talking about mermaids within the same breath and the Lumerian people. And I'm a pretty skeptical person. So if you're going to throw aliens and the Akashic Records into the same sentence, you've lost me. And <laughs> I kind of just like, you know, put a pin in it of, of, you know, I think things come to you when they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's a type of plant medicine or a person or an experience or a modality. And um, you'll stumble upon it at the right time. You don't need to force it. Just let it come to you and sort of un- unroll towards you. And um, I started Holisticism a couple of years later and was doing these one-on-one calls or coffee dates with all of these people who had joined the community And I sat down to meet someone for coffee and she explained to me that she just finished getting certified as an Akashic Records reader. And I was like, what? Okay, tell me what they are because you seem normal. And she (laughs) sort of started to explain it to me. And I was like, okay. She's like, it's this place. It's this liminal space where you can see everything that has happened, will happen, or is going to happen. And I was like, okay. She's like, yeah, so every possibility. And I was like, okay, so it's just your imagination. And she's like, no, it's an actual place. It's a thing. You can access it. I have an amazing teacher. You should just meet my teacher. And that's how I met my teacher, Helen Vonderheide. And then um, I did the records reading session with Helen. And um, after that, I was like, okay, I want to learn how to do this. So that was my experience with that. And the whole time I was super skeptical, rolling my eyes, like didn't believe in it. But the first person I met was so grounded and like worked in the film industry as a costume designer. And I was like, okay, you're normal. Great. And then Helen was a producer in the film industry and she was also super grounded and awesome and funny and normal and young. You know, she was in her mid thirties. And I think that kind of like heartened me in a way of like, all right, there's, there's something to this. I might as I, these people aren't crazy. There's something that they're experiencing it. I would like to know what they're experiencing or at least try. And now here we are. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. And as you were talking, I was just like hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. Oh man, I'm just feeling like 
that sense of magic of, you know, finding someone that you can like trust and since, you know, use your sensory for and diving in with. It's so beautiful. What did you, you know, as as this person that you are, this this practitioner and this guide, you know, um, what are the Akashic records as is or to you? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't even call myself a practitioner, to be totally honest with you. I, I'm what I, like, I don't know, to unpack all of this would take a lot longer than we have, but. <laughs> That's fine. Um. I like have a bunch of certifications and and many different things in the wellness space. What does a certification even mean? Honestly, it's a capitalist sort of colonial perspective that's commodifying a space that people have been teaching and passing down tradition for millennia. Um, And just because someone has a certification doesn't make them better or more skilled or more talented than someone who doesn't. But education is really important. And so like knowing how to use these tools in a way that's responsible is really important. So I'm sort of up to minds of certifications um, as one someone who has lots of certifications. But I don't consider myself a practitioner, even though I do know how to open the Akashic Records. And I read for probably at this point, I've read for thousands of people um, because anyone can do it. You know, like we're all if I'm a practitioner, then we're all practitioners. Mm -hmm. And that's great. Maybe we're all practitioners, but um, I don't think that there's anything that separates like me from anyone who's listening to this episode other than I've done, I've just practiced this. (laughs) And so when you practice it, you're going to be able to do it too. And you're going to have your own perspectives on it. But to me, the Akashic Records are, are a space that human beings have been able to access for millennia we happen to use the modern term akashic record that's only been used in the last 150 years um that was really mm, originated by the people who started the spiritualist movement in new york helena blavatsky um the people who are involved in mesmerism the sort of like early quote-unquote spiritualists and it's a little problematic because it it appropriates from Hindu culture from the word akasha, um, but we can we now use that as the term to describe the experience of tapping into this liminal space, of this space where that is elevated, that is is where everything is stored in the universe on this planet. So everything that has happened, everything that is happening or everything that will happen. And the way that I think about the Akashic records, as we call them, is sort of like multiverse theory. Because in multiverse theory and quantum physics, there are infinite universes that are coexisting next to each other, sitting right next to each other, right? And let's say in this universe, I wave my hand at you. And in the universe right next to us, I wave my other hand at you. And I've created these two divergent paths or these two um, completely different lives. Or maybe two lives that look exactly the same except for that one tiny discrepancy between them. And I think when we're opening the Akashic Records, that's how I think of it for myself. I'm getting a bird's eye view on infinite potentials on infinite universes and I'm seeing which universe are we most likely in which universe are we most likely walking down or experiencing based on the trajectory that we're already on that doesn't mean you know you know when we're opening the Akashic Records we see 
the the trajectory based on or the most likely outcome based on the trajectory that we're on that doesn't mean that that is set in stone and that's what's going to happen. You know, it could be possible that my computer would float up to the sky right now in this moment and that we'd just lose gravity. Now, the odds are not very good that that could happen, but in some alternate universe, that is exactly what happens according to multiverse theory. So I'm getting a little bit in the weeds, so stop me if this doesn't make sense. Oh my God, this is beautiful. I love it. Keep going, keep going. (laughs) Okay, great, great. But that's how I picture the Akashic Records and that's my relationship to it. It's spiritual and it's also something that we kind of understand from a scientific or theoretical perspective. Um, And we also have choice in that, right? And I don't think that we've quite like, we've, quite figured out the choice thing when it comes to quantum mechanics of how do I choose to be in one universe or one timeline um, over another. But I feel like the Akashic Records is a pathway to that, right? Where we get to see these possible potentials and we get to decide what it is that we want and we can do our best to try and get ourselves on the path that we desire. So that's how I see the Akashic Records. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is that's gorgeous it's much better than like there's a dude with a book (laughs) in the cosmos of all your like decisions and like past lives (laughs) um a few weeks later i was told uh that apparently those same people that brought me to my dark night of the soul we were also Mm -hmm. all egyptians together and there was like a serious drama which i don't need to get into um but yes this is a much better explanation um Um, yeah. So when you talk about the multiverse, it just really warms my heart. And also like looking into like your content and the way that you've talked about the Akasha Records guys. I did not show this before, but Michelle has got so many links on holisticism, like so many, so many, so many (laughs) for, I mean, just in general, but also with the Akashic records, I will link them on the site show notes. I got you covered. Um, but something that you, that you really like about this and that I'm just like super like heart beating love is that it's really connected to that string theory element, like string theory. The thing is I haven't done the work to really like back it up or to talk about it, but Every time I hear about string theory, I just get so excited and I I love the exploration and the almost like the separation, the push and pull that you can take with it as far as what time means to you. Mm -hmm. And I think you can even, I know it's not what string theory is, but it does, I think, encourage the perspective of looking at things non-linearly. Totally. Yeah. I mean... In our Akashic Records, when we tap in and we talk, we so when we tap in, when we open the Akashic Records, you can open them in so many different ways, but easy hack is to use a pathway process prayer. When we do, we're talking to our master's teachers and loved ones, and they're sort of like our mm, translators of the Akashic Record that we're opening, whether it's our Akashic Record or the Akashic Record of something else. That's another interesting thing about the Akashic Records is that there is an Akashic Record for everything for you, for me, for this podcast, for this podcast episode, for my business, for your dog, right? There's for your relationship, you can open the record of anything. Um, And when we do, we're talking to our master's teachers and loved ones who are communicating with us. So (laughs) it's kind of like interesting to talk to them sometimes as a human being because they are not to your point about time, like time is not the same to them as it is to us. It's like 
what is a mile, what does an inch look like to an ant versus us? That's what time is like to them. You know, it's, um, it's nothing. So when I say like, I remember when I was asking about when I was going to meet my partner, it's like, when is like, when is it going to happen? Like, come on, I've been waiting forever. And they're like, Oh my God, just chill out. Like it's going to (laughs) happen so soon. Like it's already happening. Like just, Oh my God you're freaking out for no reason. And it is such a human experience to consider what's in right in front of us, what's in the now, um, because that's what we can see and we can touch and we can feel. Um, And it is almost like divine to be able to somehow pull yourself out of the present moment and the pain that's right in front of us or the problem that's directly in front of you in the next five minutes or five months and be able to see the long term like that in and of itself anything that allows us to see that um I think is is like a is a tool to spirituality and a tool to like divinity in some way just I'm just like in a cloud right now with all this information (laughs) that you're sharing um going to you know our masters and our healers um it, it makes me think you know something I read uh, that you that you shared was that r- accessing the Akashic records was not accessible to, lack of a better word, like the lay person. Like you mm-hmm. had to be this shaman or this specific. So I think I love what you said about being a practitioner because, you know, again, just well-rounded and also helping, you know, support this question. I just really am curious as a cat why – why was it that only certain people were allowed to read the Akashic records or even dive into this form of spirituality? That seems odd to me. Mm -hmm. I agree. So my teacher, Dr. Linda Howe, who's my teacher's teacher, says this. And also everything's up for grabs. Like, I don't know. I think that Even to when you look at when we just dissect the name Akashic Records and we see how actually like problematic uh, it was for these white people to use a Sanskrit word in order to like um, exoticize this tool that they were using. Like, I think we can give everything a little bit of like take it with a grain of salt. Right. And the way that these teachers talk about the Akashic Records, they say that up until um, the 1800s, I think around the 1800s, we were in the Piscean age. We weren't, um, elevated or evolved enough to be able to understand and to be a container for the information that the Akashic records can give us. And we went through that change as, uh, as a globe. And now we've all sort of up leveled. I don't know. I kind of don't believe that. I feel like the primitive, like calling, Calling cultures primitive um, just because they came before us isn't accurate. So I don't know if I necessarily necessarily believe that. But what I do know is that things like reading and teaching about um, religion or spirituality were so different from culture to culture and it wasn't until industrialization that we really have been able to share thoughts idea and ideas in a global way and I think that that is more of what this what like what that is an allegory for than anything okay yeah um just that's me totally personally and anyone out there who disagrees with me you're more than welcome to disagree with me that's (laughs) totally fine but 
I don't know. I, I think that like also if we consider. Yeah, I'm not quite sure, but I, I don't know if I agree with it to be com- like just completely candid with you. Yeah. But I do think that um, spirituality was something that was often like isolated for people who were elite or who had money, people who could go um, meditate on top of a mountain and could sort of like issue all responsibility to society or who could go be in prayer all day long in a convent or a monastery. Um, And of course, if you have all that time and space to like connect more deeply to yourself and to listen, you're going to hear things. You're going to have access in a way that normal people may not have access to if they're distracted by, I don't know, surviving, like being a person (laughs) on the planet, trying to feed your family. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that there's like, uh, we could probably write a thesis on this and, mm-hmm. and where it comes tr- from and, and why it is the way that it is. But no doubt in our modern age, we have more time to consider things like philosophy and spirituality and to look deeper at ourselves. And also the Akashic Records and how we use them has evolved. Like we, we are, we, there are so many people that are seekers that want to know what the future holds for them. And I think that the reason that we have access, quote unquote, we have access to this tool now just globally is because more of us are understanding what wellness and spirituality and mindfulness and meditation and spaciousness can mean and can provide us. And we're not necessarily just in survival mode um, all the time. Does that answer your question? Oh my gosh, yes. You know those moments when it's like you know the information, but you don't have the right glasses on, so you're not <laughs> able to put. Oh my god, Sondland, I'll never get over this. Two plus two equals four. You don't have that. <laughs> you don't have that moment yet. Um, that was that for me, and I did not. I mean, probably because like I'm white, you know, it's like those things where I'm still struggling. I don't say struggle, but I'm still catching myself, yeah. becoming aware with you know, white privilege and Mm -hmm. the things that I have access to. And I, I, you know, I think that that to me sounds like a description of white, what I call white spirituality and not like, Mm -hmm. Ooh, everything's white, like white people taking on spirituality. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I, I think I was looking at that as like, like, you know, like, well, why was it accessible? Why was it this thing? And I did not even take a moment to think about, the level of oppression that there was at that point mm-hmm. and elitism and the way that colonists, right, have like taken on and have done what they've done and appropriated. And basically just, I'm just repeating everything that you just said. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I didn't, I didn't look at it when I was asking you that question. I was wondering about it. I wasn't looking at it from that point of view. So I love that one my intuition was like, ask that question. And mm-hmm. two, you went over it in the way that you did. Because I think it's furthering. I'm finding more and more that I'm, again, I'm trying to catch myself. And I'm trying to detach the white privilege, trying to detach the white um, filter, if you will, over all that we're talking about. Because it doesn't have, like the elitism doesn't have a place. Like it, mm-hmm. there was a place made within it. But in its purest form, there's no place. It's for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a beautiful moment that we just had in which we were able to take that off and like separate it and remove that filter. So I'm really glad that we explored that. You talk about how the Akasha 
is again nonlinear and that it's in a higher dimension. So to be able to access, you know, this this higher nonlinear dimension, you know, I would think that you would need to be really in sync and very in mm-hmm. tune with with your alignment, right? Mm-hmm. With your with your highest self. Um is connecting with that on a deeper level, would you encourage that in order to open your Akashic records or are there specific tools or techniques that you would lean into to to start this practice? To- I mean, like, duh, of course. <laughs> like, you should, I mean, like, don't we all just want to be like aligned, period? Like, who cares about opening the Akashic records? Like, right, <laughs> you yeah. want to live like the fullest soul's purpose of your life that you possibly can. Like, you want to be... 100, you know, you don't want to be like 20% of yourself and what you're here to do. So I would say, yeah, but of course, like (laughs) that stuff really helps. And um, the interesting thing about the Akashic Records that I think is really challenging and also really exciting about them and probably like lots of other spiritual tools, but this is just the one that I'm most well versed in is um, we're so limited as human beings, right? We're limited in our experience of even like of time, of course, but also in the way that we can communicate. You know, we think of communication styles as like the way that I'm talking with using my words or my tone or maybe even my body language or perhaps like if I put my hand on your shoulder. Um, And these are all different ways to communicate, but there are so many other ways to communicate that we don't think about. Like I have a student um, who... I was having a really hard time opening up her Akashic records. She was like, I feel like I'm in and then I don't get anything. It's like, I don't hear anything. I don't see anything. She was so perturbed by it and with good reason, like it's annoying. And so we opened her (laughs) records together and um, to, because sometimes that can kind of help troubleshoot just because sometimes you start, you get communication in ways that you've never communicated with human beings or other people. So this student was, she was like, my hands are, this sounds crazy, but my hands are telling me something like my hands are saying. And then she like spit out a full paragraph and she's like, I don't know how I knew that, but I just knew that my hands were saying that. And it wasn't like they were aching in my, you know, my pointer fingers. It was like they had their own communication style, their own way of communicating. And I know that sounds really wild and sort of out there, but Again, it, it just reminds me of how limited we are as human beings in what we experience, even to like what we see. You know, if you're sitting in a room right now, go ahead and take a look around really quickly. Um, the things that you see are probably what you remember seeing every day. But like there is a lot more in that room that you're not seeing and acknowledging. Um, or like think about the foyer of your house or of your apartment when you walk in the door. What does it look like? Like, do you actually know what it looks like? Or do you remember like some key components like where the doorbell is and like where, I don't know, the painting hanging is in the wa- in the hall. But there are so many other things in that space. If you had to recreate it just with imagery from your mind, would you be able to do it? Probably not because we don't use our vision all the time. We don't really see. We see without seeing. And that's fine. Like it, it gets us through the day. It gets us through life a lot of the time. Um, we can't always be so detail oriented, but I think things, spiritual tools like the Akashic records or tarot or, you know, even praying at your altar, meditating, ask us to see and understand in a different way. And that is like so cool. So I think that if, 
if you want to try using the Akashic Records, be open to seeing and hearing and understanding things in a way that you might not be used to experiencing. And the more you can put yourself in situations that are brand new where you can experience new feelings, whether it's through learning new things or um, taking in new information or having actual different physical body experiences, um, whether it's through like somatic healing or you try a different type of exercise or you dance or you do something, all of this, in my opinion, opens us up to the way that we can like receive information because we're constantly receiving information. We just often ignore it. Um, so all you're doing, intuition is just information. Like that's all that it is. And we get to choose what we want to do with it. Um, so yeah, that would be my advice. <laughs> well, okay. I want to take that a step further. Such, such juiciness, which I mean, I mean, obviously, because I have you here. Um, <laughs> but, you know, taking that a step further, um, looking at like, because it's information, right? And I totally agree. What information are you are you looking to access or, or what way is aligned for you or what is your intuition telling you? Um, you know, but let's say like you are starting to dive into, you know, reading tarot or, you know, you're trying to figure out what your Claire is and you're just looking for more information in general. Um, you know, when, is there a specific time that would be suited better to look into the Akashic records or do you think that's just more of an intuitive call, like whatever your intuition says? Yeah, I think it's more of a call for you and, and you can always try something and not like it and go back to it. Or you can try something and it doesn't work for you and then return when you feel like it or maybe you try it and you love it and you do it every day for three months and then you don't ever think about it again in your life. That's totally fine. Um, I think familiarizing ourselves with tools and knowing what's in our toolkit like so that we can return to it when we need that tool is really important. Just like, you know, there's that adage about when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Um, it's true. If that's the only tool in your toolkit, then you're going to attack everything the same way, even when it doesn't require that perspective or that tool. And if you just know that other tools exist, right? Wrenches, screwdrivers, drills, lots of things, right? Um, you can kind of like you don't have to be um, have an encyclopedic knowledge of tools in order to see a problem, right? See something you're trying to fix or that you're trying to get an answer to and say, you know what? I think this requires a wrench. I don't have a wrench. I'm going to have to go buy a wrench. Or I'm going to have to go borrow a wrench or find a wrench. But I don't think that my hammer is going to work on this. And I think that's the only point, right? Like as we're walking through our lives, we experience problems and questions and things that we need help with. And we aren't always equipped at that time with the tools that we need. So if you can have that sort of like, I don't know, have it on a post-it note in your brain of what your tools are in your filing cabinet um, and go back and dive deeper when you need to, I think that that's the best possible thing. And so often we get overwhelmed with like trying to learn all the tools and being so um, like just having absolute clarity on all of them and understanding them to the nth degree and like becoming master experts in all of these different modalities when in reality that's impossible. You cannot. And it's also really overwhelming and it will totally burn you out because it's a lot of information and sometimes it's contradictory information. So that's a lot for your brain to try and understand because 
Our brains are constantly trying to make meaning of everything and trying to fit together all the puzzle pieces. And sometimes we're trying to fit together puzzle pieces that are not to the same puzzle. And that can be infuriating. So I used a lot of metaphors in there. <laughs> I hope um, that wasn't too confusing. <laughs> oh my God. No, I, I love analogies. Um, when I work with my coaching clients, I'm always like, okay, so like, what is your analogy today? Like, what are we exploring today? I love analogies. Um, No, you know, this makes me, you know, kind of look back at when you were reflecting or when you were sharing about whenever you were, like, feeling frustrated that Mm -hmm. your partner hadn't shown up yet and you're just like, when, like, when is this happening? You know, like, where is this? I I find, and I know this isn't always true, and it's a relative sense because, you know, time is relative, but I find that when we are at that point, when we're like what we feel like is near our breaking point or like near like that frustration point, it's like like your your guide said, um, like almost here, <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's you're in the middle of it. And again, it's, it's relative, you know, so that could mean like tomorrow, that could mean two years, you know, that mm-hmm. could mean whatever, but you know, there, there is you know, it's, it's, it's on the way and it's, it's coming again, like you're in the middle of it and you're so close and, you know, looking at that's kind of, you know, the time of information when you are feeling frustrated. Um, I, I actually recommend that people walk away because when we, Mm -hmm. when we do receive that information, like that peace of mind, I don't believe that it actually gives us peace of mind. I think that we then keep looking for another answer and another answer and another answer. And then our energy walks away from where it needs to be focused so that way it can be delivered. Mm. That frustration, I think it's like pent up energy. I think it's energy that we need to release and that Mm. we need to allow. I'm talking in general statements here, guys. But like, (laughs) you know, um, need to release forward and allow it to to still flow through. I mean, whatever you think about manifestation, right? Like, I mean, regardless, connection to source, that essentially is co-creation if we just really break it down, make it super mm-hmm. simple. Like, yeah. you know, it's just connection to source and being unified with source and within your energy and your concentration. And I think just allowing that to flow through instead of allowing the frustration to then be pent up and well that answer is not good enough that's not specific or you know telling me to chill out doesn't make me feel better mm-hmm. you know it's it's our ego it's our sense of i being wrapped up in emotions and in experiences that our guides may not be able to fully comprehend with so it would be like me trying to get like business advice from my partner he <laughs> doesn't know anything about running a business so it doesn't make any sense right you know yeah yeah, yeah. and sometimes like I think actually what you said is so true. Like sometimes it's actually not appropriate to get advice from our spiritual team or like we don't, we're we're not going to get what we need from them. Just like, you know, I go to my therapist for a reason, like to get something from them, right? I don't go to my mom with my like, for the same reason that I go to my therapist. They're like, they, they, provide very different solutions for me in my life. Mm-hmm. So same thing with the Akashic Records. And like, yeah, I, I think there's also just like that idea of eventually you get tired of your own bullshit when you keep asking <laughs> for something, you know, yeah, like when you're like, yeah. where's the person or why isn't my dream job happening or blah, blah, blah. Like, sure, you can keep asking. But like also at the end of the day, like you have to be in action. You can get all the best information from your Akashic Records. And then if you're like, cool, that was amazing. And then you don't act on it. Nothing's going to fucking happen. Like same thing with the tarot. Same thing with anything. Same thing with spell work. Like if you make the spell, but then you don't actually and you light the candle, but you don't like 
actually put any energy behind it or do anything to like get momentum for that work, it's all for naught. And yeah, it just, I think that that's so refreshing and um, it gives me like that calms my anxiety because it reminds me that I have, uh, I have control over my destiny. Like I get to choose and it also means that I have to choose. I got to show up and like, I got to do shit. I can't just like spend all my life trying to commune with my spiritual team and asking questions because like I would just be in this state of limbo and that's boring. You know, I remember earlier this year, oh my gosh, guys, uh, as I kind of shared, you know, uh, during the first of this New Year's Eve episode drop, um, I just got super crazy <laughs> this year. I just got super crazy with everything and I, that's why I was like, had to take a fucking break. Mm. Um, as a generator, I really try to like take that home and take a fucking break image, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I remember that somewhat and I was so like, I was just so into this because I, I was in a weird space. And she said that she talks to her, I mean, that works for you. That's great. But she talks to her spirit guides every single morning about her business, her like her spiritual team. Mm -hmm. And that sounds really fun. That sounds really like nurturing and exciting and just woo woo divine. Yes, let's do it. But if you ask them every day what it is that you need to do or how can you sync up in that energy, I mean, unless you, I think it depends on what kind of practitioner you are as well. If you're a spiritual mm -hmm. practitioner, I think it really depends. Not to like spill tea or to say anything, but this girl definitely wasn't a medium. So, but the, <sighs> <laughs> but I, my point is, is that it, it may not be like appropriate for you to, to go in every day. That sounds really fun and it sounds mm -hmm. exciting, but if I was to go in, one of mine is, is captain. If I was to go in and ask captain like every single day, what am I supposed to do? I mean, he's like, he's going to want to slap me against the head and be yeah. like, why are you yeah. asking me? Why are you why? back? Like I already told you. Like off, off, usually, I don't know, maybe it's different for other people, but my MTLOs are not like, or my spiritual team isn't like, okay, today you have to send an email. They're like, today you need to make a visionary in residence program. And I'm like, I cannot possibly do that in a day. Like, uh, I've got my work cut out for me for the next six months. Okay, great. And then they're like, deuces, we don't want to talk to you for a while. Anyways, bye. Good luck with that. You know, like, mm -hmm. but, but maybe other people have a different experience. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think I think all that to say is, you know, lean into this when I think we said this before, like rounding that even further, lean into this when the intuition sparks, lean into this when you are aligned to lean into this when it's actually going to be of substance for you and that you're not kicking a dead horse and you're not punishing yourself and you're not walking into this with a lack of compassion you are beautiful. You are incredible. You are amazing, right? Like, I mean, look at you're listening to magical realness. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And and like, that's the same for any tool, any perspective, any piece of knowledge, right? Knowledge is not static. It's constantly ebbing and flowing, and we can't have all of it at once. Like, when you need to learn how to change your business from an LLC to a C core, you will. But you don't need to learn that before you start your business. Like you just need to take it one step at a time. We need to use the appropriate tools at the appropriate time for us. And no one can tell you when that is. You're the only person who knows. And like be gentle with yourself. And and life is long. You can always come back to things. Um, if they don't resonate with you at first and try them again. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And anchoring this, I'm so excited because I think, Michelle, what you have created with your um, the 14-day Akashic Record um, guide, you know, I think you, what do you call it? Tap into your psychic powers? Um, yeah, I think it's called tap into psychic superpowers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Michelle has this that you can sign up for. I have signed up for it. I went through it again. It's a 14 day process. And what I love about this email, it's dropped into your email. Like it's very convenient and they're not too long. They're not too wordy. I'm very wordy. So I always notice things like that. Um, <laughs> and regardless if you are interested in tapping into the Akashic records or even anything psyche or super wooey, I think that the questions that get like get added or that we get challenged to look at are wonderful grounding practices or just explorations Mm -hmm. to help ground you and step into your alignment it's beautiful michelle i love it thank you yeah the the mtl my i opened my akashic records to write this challenge and the idea is just like that you spend five minutes a day opening your records and you ask a new question every day because that's how we talk to our akashic records or to our mtlos we prepare a set of questions and we ask those questions and we get answers and response And that can feel really overwhelming. Also, if you don't ask the right types of questions, you probably won't get the answers that you want, um, according to some people. So it's kind of nice to just like dip your toe in the water and kind of ask one question at a time and, and also not have all the weight of the world on it, right? Because we have the, the, the BQs, the big questions, like what's my purpose? Am I with my soulmate? Who am I supposed to be? Why am I here? Who was I in my past life, right? These are all like really big questions that you're probably like, yeah, fuck yeah, I want to know the answer to that. <laughs> and after a while, like we get the answers to those and then what? Like what's after that, right? Do we just like stop using this tool that we're supposed to be using or do we only use it like when we're in a moment of triage or trauma when we're trying to like get out of something that's really painful or understand a painful situation for us? No, we actually can use the Akashic Records for so many different things that are like actually really fun. Like what should my ideal work schedule look like? And um, what herbs or supplements should I be taking in order to like, I don't know, get the most health bars that I possibly can. So it's a little like, it's a little teaser into a deeper Akashic Records practice. I love it. Um, I, you know, it's on Holisticism's front page. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it'll, it's right there when you land on Holisticism.com. It's the very first thing you see. Mm-hmm. It is fabulous. So um, go to holisticism, holisticism.com uh, or if you want to go the roundabout way, you can go to the site show notes and get the link there <laughs> wherever I can. I'm going to try to persuade you to sign up for this. <laughs> I mean, even if you, even if you're not ready, you can just save them into a folder when they come in and then access them when you're ready. Beautiful. Yeah. Love it. And then, as I said before, in the very beginning of this episode, before we met with Michelle, her, you know, the Holisticism newsletter is one of my favorite things that I get in Aww. my inbox. So you also, I mean, you're going to get those emails. So added <laughs> bonus. Like it's just magic all around. Um, Michelle, Thanks. is there anything? Yes. Is there anything else that you want to plug or that you want to talk about? 
Oh, gosh. Well, we've got our North Node community opening up at the end of December, from December 28th to, I think, January 3rd. So it'll be, we'll be right in the middle of Doors Open when this podcast drops. And um, it's this awesome community of intuitive entrepreneurs that we make incredible content for every single month um, to help with intuitive business. So that can look like a candle magic workshop to help you cast spells to a workshop on how to use Facebook ads in a an ethical way. So there's a lot in there. There's a whole module on the Akashic Records if you want to go deeper in understanding how to use it in your business. But our goal is to really empower intuitive entrepreneurs to connect in community and to build equitable businesses um, that are, you know, steeped with magic and mysticism and that feel really good. So that's what we do. Oh, that's beautiful. And you only open the doors to the North Node twice a year. So in case someone's coming to this a little bit later and is maybe binging and it's not New Year's Eve, you do open them twice a year. We do. Yeah, we open them uh, in January and then in July. So if you're late to it, sorry, but <laughs> definitely hop on the newsletter list or join the um, Akashic Records Challenge and you'll you'll know when we open up the doors again. Um, and in the meantime, we can get to know each other a little bit better. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am a North Noter as well. So, you know, you can you'll also be in be... good company. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All around. Michelle, I feel like I need to be doing like X, Y, and Z and ending this, but I just want you to know that I am so grateful that you joined us today and that we had such a juicy, like vivacious conversation. I know, dear listeners, that you are just like feeling that energy. And if you do, remember, you can share this. You can share it on Instagram. You can, you know, send me an email. You can, you know, message Michelle. I mean, whatever it looks like. But I think if you really got something out of this, regardless if you're interested in the Akashic Record Challenge or not, just letting Michelle know, hey, I listened to that episode and it was really wonderful. Just letting her know that helps contribute to the energetic simpatico that we're looking to build here. So that would be a wonderful way to display that gratitude and let us know the magic realness. Oh my God, I'm so cheesy. That came out of this. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening, for tuning in. If you're listening live, oh my God, you are a champ. I don't know who you are, but I want to know who you are. And again, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. You are pure magic. Uh, thanks for having me and thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I will talk to you then. 